Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Otter Fishing with me, Trevor Topfer. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining us on Otter Fishing today. Uh, appreciate your time, appreciate your attention. Uh, very excited about today's guest. Uh, there's been quite a lot of questions coming my way from people in my network who are really interested in learning more about this space, and I am continually blown away by the work that these guys are producing. So without further ado, let's welcome the founder and CEO of Altered State Machine, Mr. David McDonald. Welcome to the show, buddy. How are you? Hey, good. Hi, Trevor. Um, thanks for having me on. I've been looking forward to this um, for a while now. Yeah, we uh, we had to do a bit of a reschedule. You weren't, uh, weren't feeling so great last time. No, no. It's been a very busy start to the year as well. So scheduling things in has, has been uh, been interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you're a difficult, difficult man to get a hold of at the best of times, that's for sure. You guys have uh, have blown up in the last, what, five months or so since the initial drop? Yeah, so um, so that, that went re really well. Um, and then um, the response that we've had from the community has been, has been fantastic ever since then. And um, we sort of had, you kind of have the, these ambitions and you hear about how things are going to go and what stages you're going to be at at what time of the year and, 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 and uh, levels of progress. And then the, <laughs> the industry just takes all of those and says, I don't care about them. <laughs> and then, and then here you go right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's been, it's been awesome. Like it's been the, the, uh, the, the approach to this in comparison to other sort of industries that I've worked into, uh, worked in, in my career. Um, the fact that it's, a conversation with our community and our users and um the fact that we we get to spend time directly with them and i do on a daily basis mm -hmm. getting feedback that informs what we're building as we're building it is just such an awesome way of doing it and i think having that that really tight loop of of the feedback coming into things that we're producing um just drives so much engagement with what we're doing so um so in in hindsight and retrospectively um the fact that it blew up does make sense but um yeah to be surprised with it is is something interesting to deal with <laughs> yeah and uh i guess the reason that your community is built around the project so strongly is because asm's quite a bit different to most of what seems to be occupying the space at the moment and i really want to uh to dive into that and and and, and Get some insight around it but before we kick into that just for the people who are listening who aren't blowing up the the chat feed at the moment who aren't already in your network and know who you are can you just give us a quick sort of rundown of who are you where have you come from and, and who are also state machine yeah cool um so i have been in the tech industry for um oh to, somewhere between 15 and 20 years now um we're going to sit down and do the math on that um <laughs> And uh, I started off um, in, in uh, sort of software engineering and and sort of got into the management side, got some experience in other parts of the business um, once I got into the management side um, and to sort of get exposure to how things work. Um, got into the blockchain um, side of things about five or six years ago now, uh, working alongside Centrality Group um so i ran their australian office and then uh, was ceo over in their tokyo um branch um until COVID hit and uh subsequently came back to new zealand um global pandemic on the way didn't really want to be anywhere else but new zealand um 
And uh, this uh, that presented an opportunity to work on this thing that I'd been tinkering with for probably over a decade now, at least uh, certainly thinking for about it for longer than that. And that was a, the idea around um, gamifying uh, machine learning and, and artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, and and bringing the the power of crowdsourcing to data and 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 playing with the tools to that already really powerful technology and um in the years of sort of playing around with it and and building these little prototypes and and uh developing the idea um there was there was things that just didn't click to to make it into something yet and then it wasn't until sort of nfts came along and that was the that was the piece of the puzzle that needed to fit in there to make alter state machine a real thing so i got together with some of the most brilliant minds that i know in the world um aaron mcdonald um and uh hal and and phil uh my my co-founders and we started sat down and, and really um thought through how we could possibly implement this idea and this concept um, and then started up and, and got off to a good start. Uh, I built an initial prototype um, and uh, including the, the first prototype of the AFA football game, um, which is really interesting thing to watch, not super high quality, um, but because <laughs> I'm not a 3D modeler or a game developer by any means myself personally, but um, that was I was working for you now though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that was more than enough to to show what we were trying to do um, and and present that to our initial um, investors. So the likes of Delphi and, and Polygon and Inamoka and True Ventures and those guys um, and say, hey, this is our concept. This is it in practice. Um, here's some little football guys who are running around um, uh, with brains in them have figured out how to play football. Um, and here's the the core principles of the protocol that we want to build out that will enable things like this plus all these other really interesting use cases um got a huge response from that that saft round we did i think we were triple oversubscribed pretty quickly um in that process and then it was a matter of picking the right sort of partners that we wanted to work with um through that process and then um and then just building out the team so um the likes of phil and how and, and some of our really early engineers put in so much work in those early days just to build everything out and get it ready before and as the team was expanding constantly and onboarding new people and um the work they put i mean the fact that i mean from from when we started building till christmas where we or before christmas where we launched the collection all that had been done in, in some, something like six months. Wow. Um, and and the fact that it all came together and through off the back of all this hard work that these these engineers and these people that we've got on board that were really passionate about what we we're building, mm-hmm. um, that was the thing that surprised me the most. And and it came out the other end at such a high level of quality um, that that sort of really blew me away as, as being deep in the process. Um, it's interesting to to also be able to still be surprised <laughs> and blown away by by kind of the result of, of the people that the people around you are producing. I imagine that happens a lot in creative industries, right? When you bring different people in, they bring their unique kind of perspective on on a creative project. And, and when there's so much enthusiasm, passion, and so much, I, I, for me, there's a real purpose here, right? We're, we're 
this is a really big moment in, in the development of technology in a way and, uh, and people who have got that creative bent are coming at this with, with uh, all guns blazing. So I can only imagine the sorts of uh, stuff that's going on inside the offices there, mate, and the, the crazy ideas that get thrown around your, uh, your boardroom table must be insane. Yeah, it's certainly interesting um, because we do, we've got kind of these two sides to the business. There's the really hardcore infrastructure and backend stuff that we're building to enable what the protocol needs to enable. And that stuff is really fascinating to, you know, nerds like myself, engineers and, and people who are really interested in that. But that's not interesting to see. It's lines of code on the screen or something that runs in the server. Seeing the results of that is really cool. But then we've got this other side of the business, which is this really creative side um, mm-hmm. and, and with high level of community engagement and the artists behind the the AFA collection, the, the work that they did um, is, is amazing and stuff that I could never even come close to being able to, to do. Just, just the technical complexity of, um, of making sure half, half a billion different combinations actually work all together <laughs> and people giving people the uh, opportunity to customize them. So that could have been one of half a billion different options that people could customize. And we had to make sure all the rigging and animation and all the pieces fitted together and there's no clipping and there's no weird looking phallic symbols or, <laughs> you know, all these things. Mutations of, uh, of of a concept that yeah. looks like a Chinese whispers at the other end of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that <laughs> the fact that, that you got to go through all that just the technical complexity of getting these little characters to actually be you know functional, um, and the fact that they did it in that short period of time just just you know proves to me that I've got some of the you know most just the most brilliant people in the world and lucky enough to have them working with us. Yeah, there's some uh, some amazing stuff. Uh, I'm I'm actually uh, a holder, and we talked a little bit about uh, before we came on the show. But I think I might unbox my uh, my Genesis box today, and, and and so some of the people who are looking at this thing, and, and we're still speaking some foreign language to them, uh, might have an, a better understanding. So um, before I get into that, let's talk a little bit about. Um, so you've got this protocol, which is really the project, right? The project is the is the uh, I'm already fucking sick of the word, but the utility that's being built behind the the, uh, the tech or behind the, the, the facade of what is the AFA Football League and, and, and the, the gamification of it all. Uh, so that's kind of the, 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 the real value in what you're building. And, and it feels to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the, the gamification or the AFA stuff is really just a proof of concept. It's like, you know, here's, hmm. here's, yeah. a, here's a, a, a vehicle that we can show you how our protocol works. And then we've got... I imagine that you know in the pipe, and I'm sure everybody that's watching and, and, and listening would want to know what's coming down the pipe uh, for ASM. But I imagine some of the projects are are outside and beyond just a game or the game world. Or has the project not reached that? You're still sort of getting smashed by the community's demand for you know I've I've got my characters. I want to I want to play the game. I want to see how all of this works in in in, in real time. Mm-hmm. Is that the priority, or is it still very much we're building the pr- protocol? Yeah, so um, it's it's definitely both because to make the game work, the protocol has to work, and the protocol is built in a generic way where it can service a really wide range of different use cases. So um, the idea is is to simplify the protocol mechanics 
um, to to their raw primitives and then create the tooling around that to enable these use cases. So the, the, they, they kind of run in parallel, those two things. And in fact, we have specific work streams working on um, specific things where people working on protocol and we've got people working on the game and there is some cross-pollination of that, of course, but they're, they're focused primarily on those things. Um, and to, to do the game, we have to have the protocol. And um, once the protocol and the tooling is there, then um, it enables a whole bunch of use cases outside of gaming into DeFi and digital humans and, and, and sort of beyond. But our initial focus is around gaming um, and the metaverse. And um, those, the, the reason for that is because it's really interesting. It's not super controversial. You're not dealing with people's, you know, life savings and, um, and, and funds and that sort of stuff. And um, it doesn't deal with the, the complex data privacy stuff that digital twins sort of space does. Mm -hmm. So um, so it's a really good entry point for trying to get engagement in the protocol and build out the first set of use cases. Nice. Okay, so I've got my uh, little box here. Let's let's jump back a step and give some visibility around the project. I'm, I've been looking forward to doing this, and when you, you agreed to do the show, I've, I've been holding <laughs> off since then so that I can do this uh, do this live. Okay, so uh, Joellen's going to bring up the screen. Is that working? Here we go. Hopefully, everybody can see that. So this is my little box. So I'm going to open it, and we'll have a look uh, inside. So I've just got to process this. Is is this going to produce any confidential information? No, 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 it should be fine. Is We've done. going to snipe my, uh, my wallet address? <laughs> we, you we... will... Welcome to send uh, Ethereum to me as you like. Okay, here we go. So when did these drop again? This was sort of uh, November or December last year? Feels like two years ago. Um, <laughs> I think it's so the boxes themselves dropped, I want to say October, November. And then the unboxing, I think, was December. Um, yeah. Why is that? Yeah, so I've been sitting on it then since uh, since October sometime. I actually had a few of these, but uh, I I sold them uh, in order to um, to buy party bears. Um, so oh, right. As you know what are going on, we'll understand yeah. the logic behind that decision. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I'm regretting. I wish I'd never never had to sell them. I'd love to have, you know, 200 of these. It's, hey, it's good to have party bids. They're part of the ecosystem. And yeah. we've got some really cool stuff that we're doing with the party bids. So actually, that's one of the, the other cool sort of work streams that we're working on at the moment. And we've got um, we've got our principal AI engineer leading up that one, actually, at the moment. And it's it's around the the music use cases which are really awesome if you're mm. into uh, music production and or just a lover of music yeah i think that's the next big space to be um uh to be kind of disrupted by all of this yeah um it's um no brainer i was talking to uh, alex uh, smaler who for those listening is uh, is the uh, sort of ceo of bluff world or, or uh non-fungible labs which is the, the main driver behind that project and mm -hmm. uh we were talking about back in the mid 2000s i had this little uh project um it was in the music space and we were trying to do what is essentially happening now we were trying to connect musicians with their fans and and hopefully 
build financial modeling around that where fans could fund the band uh, and the band could have a much closer engagement. But we hit all of these uh, commercial agreements and distribution agreements and all this sort of stuff that just brought it to a grinding halt. And then when this space, you know, exploded and I suddenly sort of became aware of what was going on in NFTs, I was like, that's what we needed, you know. Mm-hmm. Way back mm-hmm. then, it was this ability to kind of have a digital asset that could be validated and traded, um, yeah. which at the time it just wasn't. Um, okay, so uh, Joellen can bring the, the screen back up and I can click the big open box button so that transaction's processed now and we get to see... Oh, oh okay, yeah. yeah nice. That's some nice... I like the pink one. I like actually I like those um and I like the the teal one as well. It's pretty cool. Yeah, That's so cool. I get to configure configure these now and I suppose there's still some configuration opportunities left and then I've got my brain which is really the 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 main part of this thing, right? Like this yes. function. So tell me a little bit about or tell our listeners a little bit more about what are they looking at now? Like what is what is a brain? What are these little characters of um and uh, why are these things so important? Yeah, so the brain is really the meat and potatoes of it all. Um, they are they they host the uh, a thing called the genome matrix, which is um, pretty descriptive of what it is. It's like a it's a gene. It's like it's like the genes of your your artificial intelligence um, in the form of a matrix. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> and that gets translated. Like, you know, names like that to things like. Yeah. <laughs> we're not so it, you know. Yeah, it's a catchy name. Um, then uh, and then that actual three D image that you had there is as a visual representation of that matrix. Mm-hmm. There's some other stuff that goes in in there as well. The um, the colors the the colors that it's chosen are actually chosen by the AI itself. Um, so we had an AI in the in the background that picked the colors based on the the genome matrix and made sure they were sure they were complementary and and pleasing mm-hmm. um so so it wasn't so it wasn't just a, a piece of data which is important that drives a lot of things but also we wanted it to be like a, a thing that people wanted to look at and have and be a, a beautiful piece of art um sort of generated art at the end of the day nice. so the what the brain does is um with the with the genome matrix um inside it, it hosts the um the artificial intelligence files or the connections to the artificial intelligence um, models um, depending on the use case so for for the example of um, a for football we're using um, open neural network exchange um, reinforcement learning protocol um, and those are hosted in uh, onyx files um, and every time you train your brain um, that that Onyx file contains a neural network, its own independent neural network, like a memory. And so we mm-hmm. call them memories. And every time you dra- train your brain, it adjusts that neural network based on the feedback that it's getting um, from, from completing that task and doing that training session. Mm-hmm. session, that brain gets saved. Um, that, ne- that file gets saved as a new memory in the tree of memories and fingerprinted. And what the genome matrix does is uh, into that process, so through the both the environment and the reinforcement learning process, it injects its personality from the uh, variety that you see within that brain, and it can control basically any kind of input that you can think of um, within within the context of the thing that you're training it for. So that could be 
how how big it is, how um, fast it is, how how good its eyesight is, um, how far away it can see, um, its its response, aggressiveness in situations, its personality, all those things get driven from this genome matrix, um, and and each each memory it saves, it influences that memory in in certain ways so that you get a consistent um, personality out of your brain um, as it evolves within the context of that world. And then if you go and take it to another world where it's painting, for example, generating some art using a different type of uh, neural network model, um, it, it, that genome matrix will influence that in the same sort of way that it influences other things. Um, so you get this consistent experience no matter where in the metaverse you take your brain. So in terms of protocols, in moving around the metaverse are there conflicts at this stage people building in slightly different ways that are uh, you know the, the different blockchain tokens and forgive me because this is now getting to the edge of my knowledge and understanding of this space so if i start talking like an idiot um, <laughs> sorry <laughs> but is that is that kind of where this is is there this conflict is the ai going to behave in unpredictable ways if you move it into other metaverse spaces and then outside of just this creativity is this brain only for uh, the ASM world or can this brain be taught to do things in other metaverse spaces or train other NFTs or, 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 or perform other digital tasks, digital duties? Mm. Could potentially be an employee of mine, right? I could get this thing earning money for me and see how that processes data or Yeah, so actually interruptibility is at the core of the platform. So it's designed to be a chain agnostic the the platform and the um, machine learning model agnostic so you might uh we you know a DAO might host a a, a big natural language um uh ai model um that that uh, powers chatbots for example mm -hmm. um and that could be an open source decentralized piece of infrastructure that the brain um has access to and and can infer its personality on um, and provide that function in a completely different concept context from AFA. Or you could combine those two things. Um, so you had a, a metaverse space where you wanted your soccer players to not just be able to play a game of soccer, but also interact with the, the audience and, and the crowd. Um, you can compose those two pieces. Um, you can also have uh, bring in a... Um, uh, sort of a nav mesh AI that can navigate around the world and, and walk places and do tasks and that sort of thing as, a, as another separate type of memory and then compose those things based on the context that the um, that the brain is in and the character is in. So you can interrupt it and it turns on its memory for, for chatting, kind of like how humans work, right? You don't, you don't walk along, well, you might walk along thinking about conversations you might have but you don't want to necessarily walk along chatting to yourself all the time. Mm. It's, it's when somebody comes to talk to you, then you activate that part of your brain and you have a conversation and the brains work in a similar sort of composable manner. Um, is there a finite like, amount of, is there a capacity to this thing? Uh, so I can exhaust my AI or I can exhaust my brain and then I need another one to, to, to scale or can this brain grow and learn and computed scale no yeah so there's no no capacity that we're aware of <laughs> um 
yeah, limitation there. We're aware of yeah. <laughs> Someone will figure yeah. out how to supercharge this thing for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. About to be unleashed on the world. Yeah, and the idea is that Sorry. as 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 artificial intelligence research evolves, we can incorporate that into into the brain and, and sort of enable new functionality as it evolves. So we're not kind of locked into the tools available today. And one of the really interesting things, we're not locked into um, just a certain type of um, artificial intelligence because it's kind of horses for courses when it comes to artificial intelligence. There's certain types of AI that are good, really good at certain types of tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where the power of the composability piece comes in is that we don't, I, I, I see a lot of um, lot of people looking into creating what's called artificial general intelligence. So that's human level human intelligence, intelligence. Um, which is great and a, and, a, and a noble thing to pursue. It's, it's a really awesome piece of technology, but so many things humans are really shit at. Um, we already passed the <laughs> though, really? Like demonstrate well, that's a deep in, question. In, uh, in, in kind of, you know, formats that you can point to. Every time you try and pin it down, you immediately bring the conversation to an ANI conversation, right? Like you look at something, say, like Google Maps is is is, mm. is probably my biggest example of ANI. You know, Google can tell me take the local traffic into consideration, do all of that stuff for every person in the world right now at scale. There's no way a human could even possibly hope to even imagine doing that. You know, a London taxi driver might know mm. eleven thousand streets. Yeah, so, but that's super specialized, mm. right? And that's kind of what I what I'm talking about is is that some some uh, some types of AI are really good at those super specialized tasks, mm -hmm. and the idea is to compose those super specialized tasks together. So have it be able to navigate streets really well, um, and then but don't have that AI try and have a conversation with you because it won't be able to do it. It's not, not going to be good at that. Mm -hmm. But then use a, a natural language AI. Um, to, to perform that task. And that natural language AI won't necessarily be able to play soccer very well. Um, so have a reinforcement learning model, mm -hmm. go and do that piece, and then you compose them yeah. depending on the context, um, which is kind of the point of it. And, and that makes them sort of expandable and interoperable across lots of different use cases. Amazing. Amazing. And, and they're, they're real and, and, and alive already. You know, I, I own one saw it on the screen so yeah um, and so the use case that you've kind of gone to market you get your gtm strategy as we would say in marketing speak has mm. been the a for football league so just give us a little bit of an understanding around you know why did you choose to uh, you know was there any reason why you chose this game or are you just a massive fucking you know fantasy football <laughs> fan or <laughs> and and and, and What's the process by which you're validating this protocol through this game so that you can then progress to what's coming down the pipe? Yeah, so the goal is to 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 showcase the protocol and its capabilities um, in a in a um, in a format that a lot of people can relate to. Um, and football worldwide is probably one of the the, the formats that okay. most amount of people. Can relate to and in saying that um the i i built a whole bunch of prototypes from little airplanes that taught themselves how to fly to um you know little little worms that created art to all sorts of different use cases uh, to t table tennis things like that 
-hmm. and football happened to be the latest one that I did. Um, and, and when we looked at what we wanted to do as our first use case, it was like, oh, okay, A, we've already built the prototype for that. And B, this is a good idea for these reasons, for the mm -hmm. fact that it is relatable. Um, it showcases what they can do. Um, it's simple enough that people can get it and we can abstract some of the machine learning um, sort of buttons and levers to um, to people who are not, you know, uh, ML engineers or AI engineers, yeah. things like reward systems and stuff like that, um, where people can start to get really familiar with how machine learning works. Um, and then we can sort of filter into much bigger um, and, and cooler, one well, depends on your context, but um, different use cases. So the game, hmm. where are you at? You've got got characters, you've got brains, you're building arenas or stadiums or whatever you're, you're sort of referring to, so spaces in which this, this, this thing can take place. So talk us a little bit through about, yeah. I know I'm not putting you under any pressure to, uh, <laughs> to drop anything, mate, but, uh, you know, just, just curious about where, where the near future of this project looks like. Yeah, so we do, we've got, um, so we've got obviously got the characters and the, the animations um, on one side. And then we've got the backend infrastructure and all the machine learning and AI stuff on the other side. And in the middle, we have um, we have a prototype that uh, is, is beginning to knit those two things together into a game that people can play. Um, at the moment, it's the for engineering and testing. It's a bunch of sticks on a uh, on a washed out. Um, make uh, makeshift football field the, the website um, sort of wireframing is that what you're, is that what you're describing yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much um not too pretty to look at unless you're looking at oh my god that guy passed how did that happen to yeah. that guy yeah it's how did successful. that yeah yeah that learn he's he's figured out a way to do that which is really interesting from a research point of view mm -hmm. um but as far as showing people gameplay footage um i think a really big portion of our community would would get it and see that and say that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um some people would be like, oh the graphics suck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's done. <laughs> so, so we're actually going through the going through a task at the moment. And we'll um every time you pull resources off actually building something to to release a demo or something, it does take resources from completing it. But I think it's I think it's um it's about time that we actually do a little bit of polish to what um uh, what's what's there on the engineering side mm -hmm. and get some footage out there um of these these playing around so at the moment we're going through the task of uh baking and um some of the animations so that they're running around the field and they look cool um and people can can really understand what's going on which is really cool uh we've got we've got some sort of draft some things like the we've got a concept i don't know if i've talked about this yet actually but we've got a concept of superpowers that um because it's the metaverse that... fucking not <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh so so the so your little characters and your ai has has a, a limited amount of things these things that it can use in a match things like um short little teleport or um super kick where it can kick the, the, a goal from far away um, or it grows bigger. We've got a selection of ones that we're playing around with. Some of them will make them into the final cut and some of them will be um, thrown out. Yeah. But um, 
but that those are really cool to see see the see the strategy behind the little ais when, so it, the AI when it decides to do that deciding to do it wow that's so fucking yeah. cool yeah. man it's almost like you here's a new here's a new skill now go and play with that that's so cool it's so fucking exciting yeah. and and i'll be able to as a holder right i'll be able to go hmm i want to get this little character to perfect this particular technique and i can set that up and the brain will figure it out and train it and, then, and when it's on the field it'll figure out when to do that particular thing yeah 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 so it'll it'll make those decisions in real time it's kind of it's i mean it's like it's like an evolution of a football manager game right Mm -hmm. um where where the the little characters so it's an arcade football manager essentially i think if you had to categorize it shit all those uh sunday experts that sit on the couch mate with uh you know one hand halfway down the pants screaming at the tv are now going to have their ability to find out (laughs) You know, are you full of shit or do you yeah. actually know what you're talking about um yeah okay so uh this is all being managed by the protocol that's being built mm-hmm. and you're about to announce or about to launch or very close to launching a, a token or, or a crypto uh is that the reason for the coin so that it's it's to help build the infrastructure talk to us a little bit about how the asto thing came to yeah, so we need we need um, uh, some sort of token to power the the protocol and and the functionality behind the protocol. So one of the issues that we're going to have uh, that very quickly is that we've only got ten thousand brains out there mm-hmm. um, at the moment, and we need a lot more than that if we want more than um, you know. Welcome to airdrop me one anytime, <laughs> mate. I'm yeah. more than happy to hold on to one for you at ten if you need. I've got the space in my wallet. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's the thing. So we're going to need to get brains out there for, for people, not just for the AFA use case, but for all the other use cases um, that we're currently working on, our partners are working on, and and are in the pipeline. Um, and then when once we once everything's released um, and all the documentation's released for third party use, then people are going to be building their own. So we need a mechanism to generate those brains. And the mechanism for that is genome mining, mm-hmm. where you stake the ASTO to- token um, to produce brains, uh, to mine, mine for brains, essentially to sell it. Then you can sell on the secondary market or use them yourself. Um, the zombie and that's, token. yeah. So yeah, the ASTO token. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the it's zombie token. I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> brains. Um, so that's one function. The other function is because we're a Dow first project, we need a governance mm-hmm. token. Um, to do to vote on things like the supply and demand of brains, which is an important thing that the community should decide on, um, on how many uh, how how big the supply is in comparison to the demand pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the saving of the memories. Um, that's the, that we we use to utilize the token. Space, right? yeah. Sorry. Well, it's not it's not bad. Like the um, it's not going to take like a massive amount of space for a lot of uh, the reinforcement level stuff, uh, learning stuff, the neural network files are actually quite small there. But the act of saving that memory um, is going to require some gas money to do so. This, so the token facilitates that. Um, and then there's things like the decentralized training infrastructure. So people running gyms, um, training gyms for different use cases. Wow. Um, <laughs> They need to get paid in, in something, and ASTO is going to be good for that. Um, and then there's play-to-earn games. So the games within the ecosystem can utilize the native token as their in-game token um, so that they don't have to set up a, a 
a, a separate token for themselves. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna see the the sort of gaming space. We're gonna see a little bit more of a consolidation of 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 tokens out there at some point, and the ones that have gravity around them are the, going to be the kind of successful ones. Going How does forward. this all play into like Sandbox and Decentraland and all these other kind of real estate plays in the metaverse? Is it? Yeah. So I mean, you... is it necessary? Do you need to partner with these guys, or is it just a you know they've got their world, we've got ours, and you can skip between them as much as you like? But if you want to play in ours, you need to be. The idea of and I've had. I've had some really good conversations with people who are approaching this metaverse space from different angles. And you know Fluff's approach of of um, sort of from the ground up, you build the lore, you build the characters, you build the high quality, small spaces, then medium, then big, and then world spaces. And it's sort of built up from from the ground like that. Um, that approach is, is one that I'm, I strongly believe in, but I don't think it's the only one that's going to that we're going to see and it's not the one only one that we see out there mm-hmm. um i think having one of the goals of old estate machine is to provide these metaverse spaces with something that they're they're starkly lacking um and that's npcs if you look at um what i like to call proto proto metaverse spaces like um uh, world of warcraft and other mmos mm-hmm. one of the big glaring differences between those and current metaverse spaces is those spaces had npcs um and they always had something to do they had quests they had liveliness um they had things going on in those worlds and i always thought wouldn't it be great if those npcs were owned by players and they were the shopkeepers in those worlds and they were the the people the people wandering and potentially around build their and bringing... own shit, right like bring their own digital yeah. assets and digital you know wares into this community and exactly yeah people's characters and things and you end up with a economy right free trade system. yeah yeah and that's i mean that's the goal of open metaverse right is bring and build your own mm-hmm. um but we don't have bring and build your own npcs until we came along so that's that's the level of um conversations that we're having with those people who do have these big empty worlds at the moment um that is that we can bring that kind of life to those spaces and one of the the really cool things about the that we have sort of in, in planning around the um the uh, stadium assets is that um you can definitely insert those assets into um different worlds and different spaces so and you can have... take the stadium into decentraland and organize a game in there for example yeah i mean that's a hundred percent possible um we've got to go through those negotiations but that's definitely stuff and we've i've talked i've talked spoken with other people building out these these spaces mm-hmm. or it could be a foosball table inside a burrow right yeah yeah or it could be a stadium attached to a burrow how big are these um, how big is a game like how big is the stadium is it, is it is there is there a physical world comparison or can it be as big or small as the person hosting the game what's it i mean we, we're in the metaverse mate things yeah, sizes I mean. no I concept planet-sized game of AFA with characters that are, you know. Planet AFA, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I like that idea. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's something that's uh, where we're we're interested in getting feedback. And I've talked with the community a little bit about this. And, and at the moment, it's um, uh, generally accepted that they're somewhere in between fluffs and thingies. So 
<laughs> but how big is a fluff and how big is a thingy? <laughs> yeah, it depends. You know, there's never any context. I've seen some renders, you know, where there's a, a thingy sitting on the on the shoulder of a fluff, like a spider might look like to a pig rabbit or a humanoid. Uh, and then I've seen ridiculously sized ones as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds, right? Yeah, yeah, Get exactly. The people who own these tokens can kind of have a fair amount of say over that themselves, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, so how long are we waiting until we can, uh, you know, get our get, get a get a game of AFA up and running? Like, when's the first uh, actual win game? Yeah. <laughs> so, this is um, this is always a challenge in anything that you're building, and um, this is something we're going to talk about on our our AMA tomorrow. Is um, is giving our community access to our agile process mm -hmm. um and, and to see how oh, think how uh, yeah i know it's it's and it's kind that's of a nasty. scary thing to do is that um, in the dow is that something that's part of the, that dow governance kind of conversation like we're bringing this you know, almost open source right? that's what you're talking about yeah yeah I, and it's well it's it's radical transparency um that's that's kind of what it is and it's it's something that when when i talk to our product guys internally it, it is it is a scary prospect to allow general community into the sort of intimate parts of your development process and those who are familiar with agile process which is a lot of people out there are going to understand okay this, this is what's it's going massive. on but we do what are you even yeah. contemplating the, the ability for people to be a part of that is yeah. No one, I, I don't think anyone would even be crazy enough to fucking attempt it. <laughs> yeah, but we've got that so, we've got this great relationship with our community that they they ask questions and we um, we try we provide as many answers to things as we possibly can. And one of those 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 things about working with a framework like Agile is you don't set dates, you do things in set sprints, and it's kind of hard to translate those that old waterfall style where you set a deadline and then just get through the tasks. Um, and then you, you put a date at the end of that. It's hard to translate that an agile process to that yeah. kind of date based process. Mm -hmm. So I think the best way of communicating it is to say, Hey, this is what we're doing. We've got these tasks in this week in this two week sprint period. This is what we're knocking through this week. Um, this was these were completed. This one still needs some work. It's staying on for, for the next. I have sprint. a sneaking suspicion you're going to open yourselves up to a whole lot of resource that's going to help supercharge this project by doing this, mate. I've, I've, I've really nothing about this feels like a bad decision, but it's yeah. I, I get yeah. the, I get the complexity and the scale of what you're trying to to do, but the the, the, the fucking trade off, right, of having all of these highly motivated, smart people who are all over the world. You're only what? How many of you in the, in the office now? so our um, our immediate core team is about 35 at the moment and then we've got contracting resources and and partners that we uh, partner with to provide certain things um we're still hiring actively a lot of roles mm -hmm. um we've got another major game release coming out uh, announcement coming out soon around amount around another ma major piece of work we're doing um and we're hiring a pretty big team for that one alone so that's going to have its own uh game designer and production team and um game engineers and art so we're part actually partnering with non-fungible labs the fluff guys to do the mm -hmm. creative side and we're doing all the engineering side on that one 
uh, and this other third party um, who you guys will so, find out about shortly. So what you're saying is you're only just scratching the surface at the moment, right? Like this is this yeah. very, very, very early days. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a it's a hugely, hugely exciting project, man. It's really, really impressive what you guys have managed to achieve so far. And uh, and just listening to the sorts of things that you're talking about, it's it's it, it must be hard for you to sleep, right? Like lying in bed with all of this shit running through your head going, fuck, this is cool, man. Like, you know, yeah. what were you doing two years ago or, or, or three years ago and compared to, you know, where you're sitting now? And I, I, I can only imagine, but I assume you were lying in bed going, is this fucking real? Am I really, yeah. uh, you know, in this position where I get to get up every day and just build a, a world incredible. that uh, everybody seems to be getting behind in, in, in a massive way? And I think it's uh, it's so. I mean, I, I've I've kind of stumbled into this space, uh, and 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 since then, it, it really feels like home to me. And I and I'm really excited that I, I'm I'm around this project and managed to get in and understand it so early, uh, because I think it's a really really important one. And I know your community would definitely agree in saying that um, the, the the real genius behind the ASM or the real success behind. ASM is the utility that you're building into the protocol. It's not the cool looking art, which is also fucking cool. Hmm. The concept of the game is cool. It's 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 very engaging, and you've got some characters on your uh, your, your virtual screen behind you to, to sort of remind people. It's 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 a it's a living. Breathing. I did that one myself, actually. I, I um uh, I did that scene in Blender. Um, nice. So that's my that's the extent of my um my 3D <laughs> model. <laughs> 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 have to edit it yeah. and put it up so, on the marketplace. I've got my little fluff in the corner there as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that Angel Baby doing a gig in the corner in the game? Half time break. It's all coming. It's all coming. It's very exciting. So, um, the last thing I wanted to kind of touch on, and I can see that we're running out of time, and I could, you know, it feels like we've been talking for five minutes. Uh, hmm. If I am in business now, whether I might be a local fish and chip shop or I might be a Fortune 500. I imagine that to some extent, most people have started thinking about this space. It's been pretty hard to ignore. Uh, if you open up any mainstream social media tool, you're inundated with content around this. I imagine everybody's thinking about it. What do you see um, as the opportunity that's coming in the near term that people should be thinking about right now and how it translates to their particular business? Because I think everybody from the local fish and chip shop owner to mm -hmm you know, head of a Fortune 500 company. It needs to have a play that involves the metaverse, blockchain, potentially yep. NFTs. So you're now deeper than most in it. What are you seeing coming, mate? What's the, uh, what, what should I be thinking yeah. about? So this, this is an interesting one. And um, if, you, if you remember back, I don't know if you're as old as I am, but if you remember back to the early days of the um, internet, we've been through this already. Um, there was a point in time where the internet might not have been the place for your local fish and chip shop. They might, might not have gotten a lot of value out of that. But some people who had really good ideas done some really innovative stuff um, in, in that Web 1 um, slash Web 2 space. So there was a guy who, who, who wanted a bookshop um, online and now... You know, it's one of the biggest worlds in the company, uh, businesses in the company, um, yeah. and and that sort of sort of unique kind of ideas they they were born out of some of those early times um, as this innovation came in, came through. Um, I think 
in the immediate future, I think there's some opportunity to blend the virtual and the physical space um, in interesting ways through through projects. We've all um, seen, you know, the successes and failures of Kickstarters. Um, that was a really interesting tool that was using Web2 tools in a really interesting way um, that engaged engaged customers in a completely brand new kind of uh, kind of format. Um, and that was really interesting. I think there's an opportunity for for people to take the next evolution of that where they can build out um, really cool digital versions of projects that they're working on um, uh, that have real world utility to sort of bootstrap and fund those projects kind of like you would with a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So you've got immediate sort of metaverse value that that will eventually translate into real world value. And we've kind of played around with the idea of the another small business that I'm um, involved with um, that's uh, been run by a friend of mine um, uh, and it's a physical hardware business so it's a plant indoor plant growing um, uh, equipment for um, sort of countertop use for vegetables and microgreens and that sort of stuff um, really cool technology um, and we looked at doing kickstarter for that but I think there's a real opportunity to do a, a different path where um, where it's metaverse first, and then that funds the um, the sort of That's launch of that project. Yeah, it's a bit like you talked about before in my mind. Now, um, last started with law, and then they there's the characters, and all, you know, it's almost like you know you hear a lot of these business coaches, and I don't profess to be one, but you hear a lot of these guys talking about start with your why, lead with your why. It's almost a you know a business today has to think about you know how do I build a community around my why first of mm. all. And then how do I take that community maybe into the metaverse? And what does that, how does that translate to my blend between physical and digital? And that could be a product or a service, right? Like, you know, we've, we've, we've all accelerated our, you know, uh, going online process, our digital transformation process in the last two years, thanks to this uh, pandemic that we're still going through. But um, I think uh, that's accelerated a lot of what you're probably seeing at the moment as well on the front lines there. But uh, in terms of just everybody's amount of time they're spending online and the, the adaption that people have made, people have had to completely pivot businesses and change the way in which they do business as a result of not being able to physically be able to do certain things. So that's a lot of this stuff is going online. And this is just the taking, I guess, what people are learning from that process and going, okay, how do I double down on that? How do I triple down on that? And how do I bring a whole bunch of people around? Our, our why or why we exist or, or what we're trying to achieve yeah that yeah. that's probably yeah. um at least when i think about it and and it's very hard like if i was a i don't know like you say if you if, if you sell a physical product and you your business model revolves around you being in a westfield shopping center or a big shopping mall of some kind like how does the metaverse take place what am i going to have a, a, a space online where i sell stuff yeah your e-commerce store your shopify 3.0 is probably going <laughs> to you know, involve being yeah, a, yep. potentially a, 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 a non-human AI-driven uh, customer service, digital customer service agent that's doing, you know, having conversations and selling stuff in a, in a, in a, in a more or less metaverse-style store. I see that coming. But uh, how do you think about that when you go, okay, that's five years, ten years away when we've all got VR headsets on or we're all kind of, you know, in some sort of mainstream uh, way involved in the world? What am I? What should I be thinking about right now? What's my NFT um, as a small or 
I I don't I think I think think outside the the box. I mean, uh, such a cliche, but think outside the box of what your familiar experience is right now. Um, so don't think about picking up what people are doing now and then moving it into the digital space because that's not going to work. You look at like some of the early um, uh, newspapers and how they moved into the web space by creating virtual newsstands which is kind of ridiculous now that you look back at it. Nobody's going to interact with that. <laughs> um, uh, and that's not how we can we consume news like that, that at all these days. Um, and we, we don't consume content in that way. So I would be thinking about things that you can't do in the physical world at all. Um, and and how um how you can relate your brands to your brand to brand new things in this amazing space mm -hmm. um that has many lenses it's not just vr we interact with the metaverse through um through many lenses through um discord and through twitter and through our mobile phones and through our computers and um through marketplaces and there's there's a bunch of different lenses and portals that that go into the metaverse so it's not just vr experiences when you're talking about that mm. and just think of things that you can't do in the physical world that relate to your brand and and what amazing things you can do in a digital space we'll probably wrap it up but uh i know that i can see from the the, the chats that's going up the right hand column everybody wants to uh to get the the alpha mate so is there anything you can <laughs> let the people who have made it this far know uh, about the project or where they should be listening in to find out more? Uh, yeah, I think I dropped a couple of pieces <laughs> along the way. Um, <laughs> and I know <laughs> I know Hal's got some to drop tomorrow on our, our Altered State Machine AMA. Um, let me think. What have I got? I think we're, we're launching a new feature on the dashboard. Um, and it, we've we've talked about our models being fully 3D rigged. Um, I'm getting spammed by my wife. Hang on. <laughs> Ask the question. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. Keep on the spot. <laughs> um, it's Carmen. She's our communications manager. <laughs> she's just telling me the date. Okay, she's telling me the date. Um, it's coming out on um, on Saturday, and you, we're going to have the ability to download your unique AFA All Star as a Blender file that's fully IK rigged for animation. Um, mm -hmm. So you can you can start playing around with them um, and making your own custom animations, putting them into different things. So we really wanted to um, uh, to to make sure people could own these assets and do whatever they wanted with them. Mm -hmm. um damn it oh, okay no the blender files tomorrow the ama is on saturday okay right sorry come and spamming me um so that's that's going to be released tomorrow on the tomorrow dashboard. yeah you'll be able to download your own your all stars as blend files the thing i unboxed um, today i better get configuring eh yeah <laughs> so and we're also um because uh Carmen and, and her team work really hard on the education stuff. We're going to put out education videos on how to do animation in Blender. Not everybody knows that. Um, there's lots of resources online, but um, we're pretty committed to to, to educating um, anything that we release, educating on anything that we release. So um, that'll be coming out shortly as well. Oh, uh, that's so cool, man. Hmm. 
Well, uh, appreciate you taking some time, David. I know you're uh, you're a very busy man at the moment, and I'm sure you wish that you could build a few uh, McDonald AI <laughs> brains that you could plug in. It's in the pipeline. Outsource some of your workload, man. <laughs> it's in the pipeline. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure everybody else is going to be figuring out how to stake their asto or, or train their brains uh, to teach their all stars how to win a game of football, and you'll be trying to teach yours how to code. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you nailed it. If you don't really know what ASM is and you've made it this far, congratulations. I'm sure it wasn't the easiest podcast for you to listen to, but you can go and check out Altered State Machine. Uh, the brains and characters are available on OpenSea and jump in the Discord as well. That's where it all goes down as far as I can tell. Would that be right, David? Yeah, pretty much. Awesome. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, please. Uh, I value your attention and I really want to try and bring value. Next week, I've got some really interesting guests coming on the show, which I want to uh, get as many people involved with as I can. So please, if you've enjoyed this uh, show, hit the subscribe button now. Thanks, everybody. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, David. Appreciate your time, man. Thanks, guys. Cheers.